See you here tonight. Go ahead and stand with me if you would. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Lift it up with me tonight as we sing. All praise to him who reigns above in majesty supreme. Who gave his son for man to die that he might man redeem. Blessed be the name. Blessed be name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. His name above all names shall stand exalted more and more. At God the Father's own right hand where angels host Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Redeemer, Savior, friend of man, what's ruined by the fall? Thou hast devised salvation's plan. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. His name shall be the Counselor, the Mighty Prince of Peace. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. 
good job of singing our chorus. I just keep trusting my Lord. I just keep trusting my Lord as I walk along. I just keep trusting my Lord and he gives a song. Though the storm clouds darken the sky or the heavenly some hands move around a little bit welcome each other here tonight Jesus, Jesus, 
singing you may be seated for the Brian Sellers would you open us in prayer tonight please Appreciate it. Well, welcome back this evening. Good to see everybody, without a doubt. Hope you got a little bit of rest this afternoon. And uh, for CBA, real quick, we are planning a meeting tomorrow. Uh, but obviously, depending on where you live, if you have to delay a little bit or aren't able to get in, just you know, call the school, let them know, all that kind of fun stuff. And uh, so we'll kind of go from there. But it's been a good day, uh, without a doubt. Good to be in God's house. Uh, also, begin permission for uh, another announcement, which is good. And I want to say a special congratulations to Jacob and Gabby. They are expecting. And uh, so, yeah, good stuff. So always excited about that. Of course, Jonathan Esther, we announced on Wednesday and excited about that. And then uh, Andrew and Sarah, of course, here in a couple weeks. And uh, so excited about that as well. So good stuff uh, all the way around. Our uh, ongoing uh, theme has always been for outreach, have one or bring one. You know, so it's a good year for that. Have one or bring one, and it's good to bring somebody so they can uh, learn about the Lord without a doubt. Good, good stuff. I was also asked about our theme. What's our theme this year? It's 90th anniversary. And, and they said, no, no, really, what's the theme? No, it's 90th anniversary. Uh, Christ-centered family focus has been our model for a long time. And as I was preparing things, uh, I, I just didn't want to muddy the waters. It just seemed like we were just going to be having... Uh, conflicting things and just a lot of things being said i'm like we're gonna make it simple this year you know and so uh we're just keeping a 90th anniversary theme and looking forward to that and going forward with that so there won't be multiple things for so those of you that have still been waiting thinking we forgot and we're behind that's not true okay everything's fine we're, we're on target and uh going good so we love it love it love it uh reminder about uh memorial services on tuesday at 10 miss cindy wilson and then david rob sue rob's husband Thursday at 4. Uh, that'll be here, both of those, just to let you know if you're able to make those and uh, to write those down. Be praying for those families during the week. I know they would appreciate it for sure. So I'm going to turn it back over. Here we go, Miss Miller. Jesus made each star in heaven. He created earth and sea. He's the keeper of all knowledge. What is past and what will be. Yet he holds. 
Thank you, Melissa. Appreciate that, without a doubt. Amen. We're going to be in the book of Joshua tonight, and uh, as we've been talking about our stewardship, and just a quick reminder, uh, next several weeks out in the foyer is a sign-up, and I know, especially on a Sunday night, that probably most people have already uh, gotten involved in ministry, but if you're still praying about or looking, uh, there are several. I had mentioned together this morning some of the priority ones. Uh, just you know, need to fill those would be our three and four year olds and we have some rotations there a Sunday morning a Sunday night things along that line and uh, so take a look at that be praying about that just don't pray too long you know is what brother Kevin would say right amen so uh, but yeah so there's some different things out there uh, for people to, to get involved in uh, and as always you know the reason we preach on this and remind everybody on this is it's so important uh, not just to to get but to give and I say over and over, uh, when you're just receiving and you're not giving back, uh, I tell you, you get bored, you know, is what happens. You kind of get full and you feel like, ah, Christianity, I'm just kind of bored. Well, that's because you're not giving back. You know, when you're giving back, you got to refill up. You know, I don't know if you've been that way. It's like for me, if you use all your energy that day and then, man, I got to eat some food, amen. 
and then I get refilled up, and then I go back and use that energy, and so you have that there, and serving's that way with Christianity. Sometimes we can just kind of be bringing it in, bringing it in, but God designed it as a cycle that you give out as well, and, uh, and we want to balance that. We don't run into it all the time, but off as well, if you feel like you're in too many ministries, we don't want you in too many ministries, I'll be honest. We don't want it where you can't be in the services, or, or you're not in the services. Why? To get filled up. You know, the fact of the matter is you need to receive the Word of God. And if you're out all the time and never in here receiving, then it's hard to, to give out properly and have the right spirit and the right heart and, and all those type of things. And so I'll challenge you in those areas. Keep that balance. It's really, really important. And so find a ministry, get involved, let your ministry head know if you're still going to be staying involved, and it'll be good. So, well, Joshua 24, always a different. We go more topical for the first couple of weeks in January. Like I guess I will be starting First Kings coming up uh, here pretty soon, and uh, we'll be doing that on Sundays. But uh, I want to go to a very famous, famous verse in Joshua chapter 24 tonight. And uh, so we'll stand and do our reading. If you'll join with me, Joshua chapter 24. We jump uh, all the way down and we take a look at um, verse 14 and 15. And the Bible says here, Now therefore fear the Lord... And serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, and I love that. If you think this is wrong, if you think it's a bad choice, well then choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Isn't that a powerful statement? A lot of people have plaques in their homes, all good stuff. Uh, it's probably one of the most well-known scripture verses. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I'm telling you, it's a good commitment to make. It, it's, a, it's a good plaque to have in your home, all those things. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, but I want to take a look at that. And I want to challenge us. It's, it's not a, a message that you're going to learn something brand new. I'll help you right, right at the start. When you go to a verse like this, choose you this day whom you will serve, uh, this is a challenge to make sure that we, we are choosing and that we have chosen and that we are following through. And so that's our challenge tonight. Lord, we come to you now. May you be with us for a few minutes tonight, Lord, as we open up your word, as we go down this trail. Lord, I am thankful there are many, Lord, who have made a choice just like that. Lord, they've decided to choose you and to serve you. And uh, Lord, it is something we need to do. And now, Lord, I pray that uh, many more would take up that banner, Lord, and choose to follow you and serve you all the days of their life. We thank you for the story, Lord. We thank you for Joshua and his heart for you. And we praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. May be seated. Choices can be an amazing thing. I love the fact you see here Joshua saying, choose you this day. Aren't you glad we have free will? Now, I tell you, I love that. I love having free will. Had God made us as puppets where we didn't have a, a choice, uh, and just had to follow, uh, we probably, we definitely would have complained about that, saying, how come we don't get a choice? You know, uh, but the neat thing about it is we get to choose. And Joshua's showing that here. This isn't a forced situation. Uh, there's supposed to be God's chosen people, but it's not like, hey, you have to do this. He's like, well, okay, here's what God's done for you, and we're going to kind of walk through that a little bit. Here's where we're at. Choose you this day. Choose you this day. And by the way, we all have to make choices, amen? The fact of the matter is there are certain times you have to, come to a fork in the road and you got to choose left or right, yes or no. I mean, it's just part of life. And sometimes we make the right choice and sometimes we make the dumb choice. I remember a dad and, and every once in a while as parents, we like to surprise our kids. 
you know, and so you set up a plan and one dad had four kids and they decided to surprise their kids with a, a special vacation to, to Disney World. So uh, you say, preacher, can you say that? Yes, you can. This isn't a political statement. Uh, it's just a fun park. But anyways, they were going to go to this fun park and that's where they had chosen. And so he told the kids they're going to Junction City, Kansas. Yeah, amen. Junction City. Somebody has never been to a fun park. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, and so he, he built it up. Man, we're going to sleep at a hotel and go to a park and eat ice cream. And they did that for a couple weeks. Man, the kids are getting all excited. They go, man, you're going to, Junction City's like best place ever, you know. His parents will build it up and everything. And uh, so sure enough, they did that. And they drove and they got there. And the kids like, yeah, Junction City. Has anybody been to Junction City, Kansas? So you know what I'm talking about. Okay, man. And uh, so uh, they're there. And, and then all of a sudden, Mom and Dad uh, decide to unveil. You know, the video camera's going, and Mom had made the Mickey, you know, ear things that you make and everything, and pulled them out and said, okay, kids, not really. We're going to Disney World. And that's the response they got. They go, yeah, but we don't want to drive in the van anymore. And what about the pool? And, and where's the ice cream? And Mom and Dad deflated, are like, are you kidding me? Spent all this money on tickets, and this was a big plate. Now, I'm sure by the time they got there, as the story goes on, they had a blast. But literally, if you would have asked the kids right there, okay, do you want to go to Disney World, or do you want to stay in Junction City? You know what the dumb thing is? They would have chose Junction City, Kansas, and regretted it the rest of their life. Let me help you real quick. You know, but I think about that, and we're, we're posed with these choices, and you might get it with some kids where mom and dad are trying to surprise them, and they don't get it. You know, uh, but I'm telling you, once they get there, they're going to get it. And if they're ever given that choice again, it's a pretty quick decision where you go. Okay, of those two choices. It's like, I'm taking this place. And I tell you that because Joshua is getting ready to give them a choice. And they've experienced the, the amazing. Okay, this isn't, I wonder what it's going to be like. No, they've been in the land. You see, this is 50 years after Joshua took a stand and made a choice to serve the Lord. Uh, Reminding, he's one of the 12 spies. They were going in on a survey trip uh, just to come back and say, hey, let's go and let's take this route. And hey, uh, this is going to be great. It's everything God said. The problem is 10 came back and said, oh, it's everything God said, but man, we can't do it and scared. You remember that story. Two of them, though, Joshua and Caleb stood up and said, no, come on, let's go. But because Israel chose that day, oh, a choice, yeah, chose that day. Hey, we're not going to go. God judged them that day and said, you'll spend 40 years in the desert now. 40 years. All males, 20 and above, will die. You're going to pass away. Okay? So if you're 20 years old or above, you're going to pass away. This, this what, what I'm going to do is your judgment. If you go back and read that story, they come back the next day and go, we change our mind. Uh, it's great. I mean, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, can I remind you real quick? There's sometimes you don't get to change your mind right away. It's one of those situations. And we're going to be talking about choices tonight. Man, there's a, there's a wide variety there. But there's some days it's like you you got to choose and you got to choose now. And it has implications at last. That was one of them. And they said, well, we'll go. And, and God's like, no, I'm not going to go with you. And sure enough, they wandered for 40 years. It's now 50 years later. What that means is Joshua spent 40 years in the desert. He basically hasn't aged. He's got the same strength that, the, that he had before. Imagine that. 40 years older, same strength. Man, uh, everyone desires that. You know, it's like, man, I wish I was as strong as I was when I was 40. Being 80 years old and you're still as strong as 40, that's a miracle drug. It's called the blessing of God. Okay, and so God just blessed him that way. But now they've also spent about 10 years in the promised land. Are you ready? Winning the battles. 
They won every battle. They had the short loss, and AI turned around the next day and won it. Great lesson from the Lord, but I mean, it's like 32 battles they win. It's amazing. They've, they've got the victory. They've seen the land. Now we hear the context. You know about the 40 years of wandering. You know about the, every victory, and, and, and you're going to see some here. We'll read some of it, and all that God did. And now he said, hey, it's time for me to give you guys a choice because he's going to send them back into the land to possess it. And he says, but before you go, understand this. You have to choose to keep following God or not. It's your choice. It's, it's your choice. It really is. It's going to be up to you. But before you choose, can I remind you of a couple things? And he starts to do a review. Can we take a look at that real quick? Let's review. Let's look at verse 1. Let's, let's take a little trek through here real quick. Here's a reminder. They're in this beautiful land, and uh, Joshua's going to remind them of this. In verse 1, the judges and the heads come before Joshua. And, um, and everything. And then verse 2, And Joshua said to all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. But it was Abraham. And I took your father Abraham, verse 3, from the other side of the flood, and led him through all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his seed, and gave him Isaac. And I gave it to Isaac, Jacob, and Esau. And I gave it to Esau, Mount Seir, to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. And I sent Moses, also an Aaron, and I plagued Egypt. So he's reminding them now. According to that which I did among them, and afterwards I brought you out. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came into the sea, and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen and under the Red Sea. And when they cried to the Lord, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and he brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt, and ye dwelt in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side of Jordan. And they fought with you, and I gave them into your hand, that you might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. Then he gets specific. And don't forget about Balak, the son of Zippor, uh, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel, and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore he blessed you still, so I delivered you out of his hand, and you went over Jordan and came into Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you. And then he explains, and don't you remember the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Hivites and the Jebusites? And I delivered them into your hand. Look at verse 12. And I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword nor with thy bow. And I have given you a land for which, don't miss this, ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwell in them, and the vineyards and olive yards which ye planted not do ye eat. Interesting, 13 short verses, but it's like a history lesson. He goes, okay, it's kind of like drawing the line of sand. You ever watch those old movies and they draw the land? You know, choose, cross over the line, you know. I watched the old um, one about San Antonio, uh, what, what is it, uh, what is it? Alamo, yeah. I mean, it's old. It's like 140 years old. And uh, so the movie's like, who knows, 60s, 70s, you know, and they draw the line, you know, and you, you got to cross over it, which side you're going to take. And if you do this, you're probably going to die. And they did. And uh, so you kind of have that situation here. It's like drawing in the sand. But, boy, the result of this one's a lot better. You know, he kind of draws the, the line in the sand and says, hey, I want to remind you what God's done, and I want you to choose. And he starts with saying all the amazing things God's done. I mean, here's this land, and God fought for you, and he gives some specifics. This guy was against you. I took care of him, and the Amorites fought against you, took care of him. 
Man, I ain't brought hornets in and stuff. You didn't have to raise your hand on, on some of the battles. I did everything for you. And now that you're here, verse 13, just want to remind you, you're living in a home you didn't build. Uh, you got uh, vineyards and uh, olive, uh, <laughs> olive yards and so forth you didn't plant. He goes, matter of fact, you're living in land you really did nothing. You just walked in. I mean, can we put it this way? Turnkey. Turnkey. And would you like to walk into a turnkey home and you don't have to pay for it? I mean, everything's there. The previous guy's done everything and you walk in and somebody gives you the deed. You're like, sign me up, preacher. You know, sign me. I mean, seriously, who wouldn't like that? God says, I did this for you. Now, wait a minute. Not one person. Are you ready? A whole nation. So before he gives them a choice in verse 14 and 15, he says this. I want to remind you of what I gave you. And I, oh, wait, wait, wait. You've now spent 10 years in this place traveling through. He could go on to say, may I remind you, we've won every battle. Hey, hey, every battle. I have fought for you. And he basically said that. I fought for you. I gave it to you. You're now in it, getting ready to possess it. And so now as we're at that crutch, he then comes to verse 14 and 15. Look at it again. <laughs> With that in mind, he says this. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Man, I love this. He says, now therefore, he kind of breaks it down. Fear the Lord. Who wouldn't? Can't wait, stop. Who wouldn't? Look at 50 years of history. I mean, think about the 10 plagues and God protects you as a nation. I, I always, I love, anytime I can preach on it, I love the story of the Red Sea. Now, what you might like is the parting of the Red Sea. That's cool, but that's not the part I like. I'm always amazed how dumb do you have to be as an Egyptian. I mean, after all the plagues, and when you show up, if you go back to that story, there's a wall of mysterious fire that appears out of nowhere in the desert to block you to where you can't touch Israel. You don't, nobody sat there and went, wow, that's a mysterious wall of fire, maybe from God. Same one who just killed all of our firstborn and had all these plagues. I mean, you don't think somebody thought that? I mean, I mean, how blind and foolish you have to be. And, and then when the waters part, I, mean, I know that's the cool part. But for me, I'm looking at the fire. Oh, come on. Talk about a trap. I mean, all of a sudden the fire's removed. The Israel's all the way across. And you're like, oh, let's follow. I'm like, how dumb? I mean, it's just dumb. That's why they died. If you're that dumb, you should die. Okay. <laughs> That's how you level out the pop. But they do, and, and they all go in, and then they die. And you know people are back home, or you know this is what's being said. How did it happen? I, I don't know. I don't, I, this is amazing. I don't know how it happened. You know, I'm like, really? I mean, every sign is there. And every time I go back to that, I always look at this and go, wow, are we that dumb sometimes? I mean, with all the signs put out in front of us, and here he is, he says, hey, fear God. Folks, I mean, Ecclesiastes, the end of that message is fear God and keep his commandments. Can I tell you, why would you not fear God? My, my simple mind doesn't get why you would not understand there's a creator and that creator deserves to be worshipped and honored. The fact of the matter is you and I have life because of him. You want to do a review? You have life because of him. The blessings you and I have is because he's given you strength and power to do it. Now, I, I did it myself. I worked hard for 40 years, preacher. Yeah, you don't have any strength without God. I mean, you could have diseases and problems, and some people have those, but the majority don't, and you're living your life. You ought to be thanking God, thanking God for what he's done. Uh, if, you, if you're like me, there's so many things that God has. There's so many things that I haven't been punished for by the grace of God. 
You know, you look back, we always complain, you know. Like I said, I watch a lot of sports, and if you ever watch basketball, nobody ever thinks they foul. Anybody ever watch those games? I mean, instant replay, the guy's, you know, whistles blown, you know, foul. The guy's like, what? I never, I barely touched him. You know, and it's like, serious. I mean, it's amazing to me. No, nobody ever thinks they do. And the fact of the matter is, we, we have so offended God, okay? And we deserve judgment. And can we be honest? We've been given so much forgiveness and grace. Uh, eternal life. I, God forgave my sins, and, and I get to go to heaven. I don't have to work my way to heaven, as so many religions try to teach us, because you couldn't work enough and earn enough to get to heaven. Why? Because we do so much evil that we don't count, and so much wickedness. Uh, our skills are always tipped wrong. You ever notice that? When we judge ourselves, like, well, I'm a pretty good person. Really? And we look and we, we put all these ways. We forget a lot. And not just because we're old. But most of you have forgotten what you were like when you were a kid. Matter of fact, your vision of a kid was, well, I was a pretty good kid. How about we bring mom and dad in? How about we do that, you know? Because you're 56, you kind of forgot what you were like. You know, we just remember, you know, I was good. Maybe you were a lot. But the fact of the matter is we forget a whole lot of stuff. And on all the way through our lives, that's just the way we are. But God has forgiven us. He's loved us. He answers our prayers. I'm, I'm thinking, going, can you imagine all that God has done for us? Folks, I say this all the time because I believe it. You live in America. You, you do understand how this works. God could have you born anywhere. You're aware of that, right? Anywhere. Well, that's not how it works, preacher. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure God could do what he wants. And God could add your family somewhere else. And if you live in America, we are well off. Okay? And please, please don't ever complain to me. It's just too hard for me to listen to. No, it seriously is. It's like the poorest among us. We're well off uh, when you consider the rest of the world. And I look at that and go, thank you, Jesus. Man, we're blessed. And I look at a review like this, and there's a, there's a challenge being given by the leader. And he's like, okay, the, the main battle's done as a nation. And and I'm kind of transitioning as we talked about this morning. And he's like, I'm going to let you go back to your houses as we're going to see here. And you're going to possess it. But before you do, before you do that, we need to recommit to the Lord. So today, we're going to choose. But before you do, I want to remind you, fear God. And when you serve him, the next part he said, serve him in sincerity and truth. You know, you can serve God and not be sincere. You know, probably one of the greatest dangers for the teenagers is we don't really know where a lot of them stand if their parents come. Why? Because good parents make them come. <laughs> I don't think you should do that. I think you should. I mean, I'm serious. It's your family. We're Christians. That's what we do. You, you don't force them to accept Jesus. You don't force them in those. Well, of course not. They have to make those decisions on their own. But it's funny to me. We'll take them everywhere else, force them to go. When it comes to religion, it's like, we're not going to force them to go to church, force them to brush their teeth, go to school. Yeah, it's a good parents. Like, I'm going to take them. They got to make their own decisions in, in these areas, but, but I'm going to take them and at least expose them to it. So the fact of the matter is a lot of times young people are coming and, and they're here and you don't know. When I was a youth director, I, I remember, man, we were a busy youth department like ours is now. And we had young people coming and, and I mean, they never missed a thing. Not a thing. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. I mean, we had Saturday activities and outreach. I mean, they never missed a thing. Uh, we didn't have a Christian school back then, but they were at the church almost as much as they were at home. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, every Sunday night we had an activity, and we're doing, we're doing something I mean, all the time. Uh, and I learned, I was a youth director then, and I'm thinking, man, we got a bunch of kids that just love the Lord and are serving God. And then they turned 16 and got a car. 
And can I tell you, that's when we found out. You know, and then and when they got to make some choices, we found out really where they were at. Because before they kind of had to, they, they were made by the rules, and now they had to choose. And I think in life sometimes, if you grow up in Christianity, which is good, the, one of the dangers is sometimes you just go because that's the thing you do. That's the thing you do. And that's great. I'm glad you're here. But can I tell you? We got to come to the point of committing ourselves to Jesus in sincerity and in truth. Hey, let's be honest. Sincerity and in truth. And then what's he saying? And I love it, but you take a look at it. He says, and put away the gods. He says the same thing in verse 23. Now, therefore, put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you. And incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. Now, this is amazing to me. Now, I want you to stop and think about this. This is Joshua. Don't, don't miss this part. So if you want a deep part, here's, here's a deep part for you. Ready? Now, therefore, put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you. Whoa, 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 wait. What strange gods? Well, preachers are strange gods. People worship strange gods. No, 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 I, I get that. I, I understand my Bible. This is Joshua. For 50 years, that's what we have. 40 years wandering in the wilderness because you said no to God. And now you have 10 years of going to all these places. You're winning all these battles. You're defeating everybody else's God and culture. Every single one of them. So why are you picking up some of their stuff and secretly keeping and worshiping their gods? Because that's what he's talking about. So why is he giving this speech that you say, this is, this is such a silly speech. This is the children of God. You might say the same thing. Preacher, it's Sunday night. I mean, come on. It should be a Sunday morning. Man. I mean, we're committed to God. We, we don't need this. And here's people that for 10 years saw God fight their battles. Give them everything. And in the midst of doing that, they're walking in place going, oh, that's a nice idol. And they're burying it and hiding it. Oh, oh that's a good one. Oh, yeah. Man, they did a good job with that one. And maybe some people are even secretly praying to it, rubbing the belly. If they had Buddha back then. I mean, what are they doing? No, no, seriously. And Joshua has to stand up, and in here, he purposely says, hey, by the way, put away your other gods. Oh, I didn't know you knew that. How could you go to every battle and have Jehovah God, who you've seen through fire, smoke, talk directly that he's the one true God, and still have this inclination that I'm going to have some other things besides him. And so he says, if you're going to serve God, no, wait, don't miss this. Put away the rest. That's a great evangelistic message, I'll be honest with you right now. Let me bounce on it for a minute. Do you mind? No, preacher, go ahead. Thank you. Can I help you? Folks, you're going to choose God. <laughs> he, he doesn't have room for anybody else. Guys that are married... Try bringing a girlfriend home. Tell me how it goes. Why don't you try it, preacher? I'm smarter than that. And I'm still alive. No, yeah, try that. Hey, honey, I found this girl online. We've been talking a lot just for a couple of years. She got kicked out of her apartment. We got next room. I thought she'd just live here. It's hard for me to say that without thinking about how dead you're going to be. I mean, it just really is. I was just, it's even hard to come out of my mouth. It's just so fun to talk about this. Uh, you're saying, preach, that's like the dumbest thing ever. Is it? I mean, it, is that not what you're doing to God? I mean, stop thinking about that. I mean, we look at that and go, that is so crazy. I mean, there's no, we, I made a commitment to my spouse, and in there it says, to, you know, till death do us part, which is coming quickly. Uh, keep myself only unto you, things like that. I mean, I mean it's just us. It's a, uh, you know, singular relationship. This is not going to be plural, you know, and we all get that. That's what marriage is all about. I mean, you, you don't bring anybody else. That's why when there is somebody else, 
it causes so much problems. And so much tension and argument and pain and crying. Why? Because it's not designed that way. And now he's standing up saying, hey, choose God. He's like, well, well, duh, yeah, we got it. No, no, no. Put away the other gods. Why? God's a jealous God, as he's about to say. And there's no room. Christians, let me help you. <clears throat> you got saved. You made the best decision you could ever make. There is another decision after that. What? You would think if you choose to accept Jesus and have eternal life, that's all you have to do. But folks, there's other decisions. And one is that I'm going to serve God. And I'm not just going to take this ticket to heaven, but I'm going to make him my master, my Lord. And I'm going to serve him, which means this. There's no room for anything else. There's, there's no room. Those addictions, put them away. Put them away. Get rid of them. Why? They're stopping you from keeping your commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever those things you're pursuing that you're, you're outside of God's will, that you're not even asking him about, you're living your own life. No, no. Put them away and say, God, what do you want? Why? Because I've chosen to serve you. And I'm just telling you, you go on and on to this, but there's a very clear phrase there, put away. You remove stuff. Anything that hinders you from following God and what he wants for you in your life, whatever that might be, he says, there's no room. And you'll see the longer we live, we, we have this tendency to pick up stuff. We live in this wicked world, although we, we believe in Jesus, we're going to heaven and we believe the Bible. It's weird how we pick up things that are damaging to our relationship with God and our commitment to him. And I'm telling you, in 2024, it's time to get rid of them. It's time to get rid of them. Whatever they might be in your life, it's time to put them away. And that's what Josh was saying. And so it's amazing to me. And then he goes on and he says this. Then we get to verse 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, will you choose? And that's an amazing phrase too. Okay, you think it's evil, you're being forced, you're being made. And I'm going to clarify this again. No, I don't believe in forcing our children or anybody to accept Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, if you force somebody, then they're not saved. Salvation is an individual choice. <clears throat> they have to come to their decision. You present the gospel to them. Uh, they come and they have a passion in their heart and a desire to accept God. And they do it. Now, now do I believe I'm going to have my children follow Christian principles in the home? Well, yeah, because that's our home. Yeah, we're going to follow moral character and stuff. Why? Because you live in our home. But the fact of the matter is when they get out, they got to choose to accept Christ. They got to choose to follow God. That is their choice. Everybody has free will. And so that's why when you get here and you look at this, he says, and if you think it's evil, are you ready? Don't follow God. I've said for years, when we go over stewardship, we talk about tithing. I'm like, if it's a pain for you to give to your God, don't do it. And I know some people are going, what are you saying, preacher? I'm, say, I'm saying the truth. I mean, if, it, if it's such a pain to you to give to your God, don't do it. I mean, don't. I mean, he even talked about that in Corinthians. I mean, the last thing we need is people crying as they're taking up the offering. You know, it's just puts a downer on everything. But maybe if God's not that important to you, it's like, no, we're, we're not twisting your arm. We're not forcing anybody. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. You, you think God's not worth serving? Don't serve him. Don't follow him. Don't do it. Why? That's what if you think it's evil, don't. But then he says, but let me explain to you the rest. If that's the choice you're going to make, that's fine. Because no one's going to force you. But here's what you get. Take a look at it. If you haven't read ahead. <clears throat> And the people answered and said, verse 16, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage and which did those great signs in our sights and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. The Lord drove out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. 
Therefore, we, therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. And Joshua said to the people, I love this. You cannot serve the Lord. No, wait a minute. He's trying to tell them to serve God. For he is a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. I love this. Devil's advocate. Serve God. Serve God. Okay, we serve God. You can't do that. You know, that's what he's telling him. He's like, hey, you understand the seriousness. You going to do that? You can't do it. No, you're not going to be able to do it. And then he goes on the next verse. If you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and hurt you. <laughs> that's not a popular message today. <laughs> and consume you. After that, he had, <laughs> had done you good. And the people said to Joshua, nay, but we will serve the Lord. I mean, how would you like if you come into church and, and I got a sermon like that? Y'all need to commit and serve God? I'm the best thing you'll ever do. You're like, yay, preacher. If you want to serve God, stand. And the whole church stands. And then I go, you can't do it. You whips. Wicked people. You're going to fail. You know what you're doing. You can't handle it. I mean, wouldn't that be a great message? And by the way, if you sin, God will consume you. He will kill you. Who wants to sign up? <laughs> I mean, that's basically what he's saying. I mean, he's being pretty strong here on purpose. You know, he, he's, not, he's not making it flowery. I think sometimes we make Christianity too flowery. Can I just be honest with you? I, I do. Now, again, even as a preacher, I, I mean, I'm kind. But, I mean, we usually, usually don't start out, hey, Brother Bobby, you need to accept Jesus. Lots of, lots of trouble coming your way. <sighs> I mean, you won't be popular in the community. Most people will hate you privately and publicly. Uh, there'll be trials, and Satan will be after you, and things like that. And, uh, you know, yeah, it, it can be difficult. Um, and you're going to be going counterculture on everything, just to let you know. Uh, but anyways, try Jesus. Oh, by the way, there's also this, take up that cross, follow him, sacrifice everything. Ooh, Jesus! We don't usually start with that. You say, why? People can't handle it. I mean, let's just be honest. People can't handle it. They hear something like that, and what we try to feed them is just like, oh, it's going to be great, man. You can go to heaven, and that's true. You faith in Jesus, and that's it. But no, there's more to it. And really, at this point, Joshua's just, because they've been with this for 50 years now, he's like, well, make, make sure you have the whole truth. You understand what you're buying into. You know? Honestly, by the way, that's why some of you go through premarital counseling. You know why we have that? We want you to know what you're buying into. I don't know why they keep choosing me to do premarital counseling. Because I have to tell them the truth. It's horrible. No, just kidding. But no, in there we talk about it, you know. Men and women are different. You're going to fight. You're not going to get along. All that kind of stuff. You're going to have financial trouble. You're going to have kids trouble. You're going to have kids trouble. You're going to have kids trouble. As an in-law. I mean, you, you go in and part of the premarital counseling is I'm like, man, I'm glad you're getting married and everything. Uh, but I also want you to know uh, just every angle why. Here, here's why. Are you ready? And I get it. 99% of the time, there's something going, uh -huh. but we're in love. And I don't hear a word you're saying. I said, you'll be back. You'll be back. But, no, but, the, but the reality is we want them to know every angle. And 99.9% uh, .9 of the people still say, I'm going to do it. And I'm glad that that's what we want them to say. And I tell you that because that's really Joshua. He's not trying to get them to say no. He just wants them to understand the, the full picture of this. You're going to serve God, and you get all the blessings, more blessings you can ever imagine. But if you're going to turn on him and be disloyal, understand that wonderful, loving God is also a God of judgment. And that's what you're choosing. Okay? That's what you're choosing. Just make sure you have the whole picture. 
Then I love, what's he say? But as for me and my house, we're serving God. You don't have to, but we're going to serve God. I love the fact when you finish reading it, they chose to serve God. They said, we'll take it. The good, the bad, the other, we're going to take it. Because why? look what God's done, and we've seen God's blessings, and we get it. If we decide not to do it, there, there are consequences to it, and, and there's going to be pain, there's going to be consequences. Oh, wait, oh, wait, 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 I'm sorry. You mean verses 23 through 26? You mean if you choose not to serve God, there's pain and consequences? Can I help you? Yes. Yes, there are. Can we just talk about the elephant in the room real quick? You are aware that most of the problems that come in our life, we cause, right? If no one's told you that lately, I'm going to help you real quick. Okay? I, I'm not thinking about anybody in particular. There's too many that could fit this mold, so let me help you real quick. Okay? There, there really are. But there's literally nobody in my mind as I'm putting this together. There's just a category. Does that make sense? Okay? Uh, we go out, and I, and I can't tell how many people choose to get married uh, without following biblical guidelines or principles. And uh, for whatever reasons, we, we won't get into it. It's just like, I love you, you love me, let's get married, yay! We're not going to seek advice, counsel, any, any of that kind of stuff, or you marry someone who's lost. I mean, the number of times this happens is mind-blowing to me. That's why I'm going to use it, because it's so many people that are born-again believers that abandon God's truth here, and they got the ticket to heaven, but they're not going to marry the way that God wants. This is an easy illustration for you. Are you ready? So they get married, it doesn't work. I'm not trying to be mean, shock, shock. Um, you said sarcasm. Yes, of course it is. Uh, uh, but no, I, I'm just telling you. It's like, so, so you totally didn't follow what God said. It doesn't work out three years, five years. Seven, it doesn't really matter. Okay? It does, it's, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess. Sometimes there's kids. Sometimes there's not. Now you're single. You've got a kid, kid that you're raising or a couple kids that you're raising. It's, it's just a mess. Uh, normally what will happen, somebody will come into church. Uh, they'll come for counseling, which they should, and get some help. And they'll do that, but it's kind of like, putting a band-aid on it for a little bit, and they're like, no, I'm going to serve God and get close to the Lord. And I'm like, that's what you should do, and it looks like they are until somebody comes, flashy eyes, says, I love you, blah, 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 all the good stuff. And then next thing you know, here we go again. person's either not saved or they're not committed to God, and they enter into a second relationship. And it's just as bad as the first. I was going to be honest with you, it's just as bad. And we spent... I mean, hours praying and saying, hey, you can serve God. It's the best thing you do. And wait on God. And I'm telling you, don't, don't repeat that path. And here we go again. And it goes for a while. And pick whatever time you want. Seven-year itch. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I mean, just, just like it says, it's not going to work. And you're like, wait a minute. We've been through it twice. I'm not going to re... You know how often that happens again? Now, now, here it is. Are you ready? I'm serious. I'm not thinking about anybody in particular, but it isn't a conglomerate. Are you ready? What's amazing to me is how often people get mad at God or somebody else. They get mad at the church. You get mad at God for all these choices that were made outside of his plan, his will, that we get to make because we have free will. And then when it doesn't work, we're like, well, come on. I mean, come on. And I'd back up and say, well, wait, wait a minute. How about we start being honest? And serve our God in sincerity and truth. And that is, if you're going to choose not to follow God his way, there are consequences. And we have no right to turn to that God who is just and who is righteous. Who had a plan for us that we abandoned and threw out for our own choice. Our own choice. And again, I'm not being mean. I'm just telling you. The illustration I'm giving is somebody who's claiming to be a Christian, claiming to follow God, but they're going to do their own thing. Okay? 
been doing this a long time. Uh, there's so many, so many people that fit that category. It's overwhelming to me. It is overwhelming. I can't tell how many times I've sat down going, well, I, I, I hope they make a different choice next time. And people are, oh, preacher, uh, I'm sure they will. I mean, they've been faithful for the last uh, year or two years. I go, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't understand what I've watched for decades. You have no idea what I've watched for decades. Here's the difference. Are you ready? They ran into a problem. It was painful. They started the process because they wanted to relieve the pain. And because the Christians, wisely, they, they went for some Christian counseling. Are you ready? But they didn't choose to continue to follow it. You know, choose you this day whom you will serve. Stop and think about it. There are times in our life where you're at a crossroads and you've got to make some choices. And you choose the wrong one, it, it can have devastating consequences. And we don't always get to go back kind of like the children of Israel when it was wandering in the wilderness. There wasn't the next day making a different choice. But then there are times we, we get to make all kinds of choices. All kinds of choices. And the fact of the matter is I just think we need to get wiser and better at choosing. Can we say that? Choosing. And we can't be flipping about choices anymore. And as big decisions are coming, and we're like, hey, you blow a choice about a TV, get another one. You make the wrong choice about where to eat, the stomachache will last a day, go somewhere else the next time. You make a wrong choice about a dog, that's on you. That's on you. I'm going to tell you that right now. No, I mean, I mean, there's things that we all make bad choices, you know what I'm saying? But the fact of the matter is, why don't we stop in a passage like this that we know, choose you this day whom you will serve. Well, I've accepted God. It's deeper than that. It's just not accepting God. It's serving God. And he's even telling, they've already made that choice. He says, we're going to make it again. And then he's going to set up a rock. He makes them sign a covenant again. Why? We've already done this. Because he understands people. We sometimes make choices, but are you ready? We don't follow through. And that's why often we're like, hey, let's recommit to this. Hey, let's recommit to this. How often do couples after 10 years or 20 years, you know, go through a ceremony and they say get remarried. You're not really remarried. You're already married. Why do you recommit? It's a good thing. You're just telling that spouse, hey, I'm still all in. Still all in. I'm not telling you every year, every day to recommit to the Lord in, in, in a major decision, but I am saying this. I think you make a choice. I think there's times you have to make sure that you're, you are rededicating and recommitting yourself to the Lord. And you're saying, I'm going to serve God in 2024 still. I'm going to keep serving him. That choice that I made and all the blessings he's given me, it's worth it. I'm going to serve him. And I'm also going to be honest that if I choose not to, nothing may happen immediately. But when it does, I really have no right to blame God. I have no right to blame my God, who has clearly defined to me what it means to serve God and what choices to make. But then I end with this. Aren't you glad we have a God of second chances in most areas? So here's what the message is. The children of Israel blew it the first time. They said no. The second time they said, okay, we're going to go. Good choice. Good choice. They had victory for 10 years. Good choices. So my plan for us tonight is simply this. You maybe made some horrible choices. You've got some consequences you're paying. I would say this. How about you make some better choices now? How about we decide to serve God now? I, I say it this way. Plant a different field. Best way I can explain it to you is some choices we make have consequences that God's not going to stop. You say, so what do I do, preacher? I always parallel it to planting a field. You've sown and you've planted a field, and now you're reaping what you've planted. You can't always stop the reaping. You know what I'm saying? So what do I do? Plant a new field. 
as you're bearing consequences for that, this field's building up, and you're going to assume soon you're going to reap the blessings and fruit of what you planted in a good way. You may have to suffer a little bit from this, but if you don't keep taking care of that and tilling it and playing with it, it'll die. It'll die off. And you can have a new field with new blessings and new choices. And so if something you know, choices, choose you this day whom you will serve. I can just challenge us as a congregation, folks. If you've not accepted Jesus, choose Jesus. If you have accepted Jesus, choose to serve Jesus. If you made some horrible choices last year, choose to change them. Aren't you glad we have a God that lets us choose? And just start where you're at. Start where you're at. Let's stand. Lord, we come to you now, Lord. We thank you and praise you for your word. Lord, what a great truth it is, Lord, and reminder, Lord. Lord, uh, there's different times in our life you allow us to make choices. You even give us different choices. And Lord, I pray that we would choose you. Lord, we get in the habit of always choosing you and your way and your truth. And Lord, over and over, as often as we need to. I'm also thankful, Lord, that when we do make mistakes, even as the children of Israel did here, Lord, earlier, Lord, even though they paid the consequences for it, they were able to make another choice. And Lord, they made that choice right. They went into the promised land and we're now at the end of Joshua. And man, they fought all these battles and won them. It's a good choice. And now Joshua's just reminding them, Lord, stick with that choice. Not the one that got everybody killed, but stick with the one that brought the blessings. I'd say the same to our congregation, Lord. Or if there's been bad choices made, not just last year, but over the years, and Lord, help us to this year, Lord, make some better choices. Choose to serve you. Choose to get right with you. And I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord's spoken to you in some way as we end our services today, and we talked about not maintaining but doing more, and now tonight just choosing the Lord and making the right choices. If God's spoken to you today and in some realm, we'll challenge you to come and speak to him. Page 155, Have Thine Own Way, Lord, Have Thine Own Way. It's a song we'll sing. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way.
Touch me and heal me, Savior divine. Amen. I pray everybody will be safe out there and, and uh, everything goes well for you in a cold couple days, as we all know. And uh, But uh, we'll be through it soon, through it soon, after just two or three days. So we'll continue on. Don't forget also sign up for the Kansas City marriage trip if you're interested in that. You can talk to Brother Alan about that as well. But sign up's out there as well and get involved in that. So any other final announcements, Brother Okay, we'll close in word of prayer. Good to see everybody. Lord, we thank you for the day and the time in your word and the music and the fellowship. And now bless our families as we go out now. Uh, into the world, Lord, to the different places that you have us, Lord. May we continue to worship you and serve you and be a light in a dark world. We thank you and praise you now for your love and your word, and we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, I'm Pastor John Waterloo. Thank you so much for joining us today and being a part of the service. I hope one day you can connect with us here in our church service as well. That'd be such a great blessing. Uh, we'd also like to let you know about just some other resources we have. You can jump on our Facebook page or our website, wherever you'd like, and find out about our ministries. But again, we'd love to have you join with us one day. Thank you so much for being in our services, and may the Lord bless you.